Welcome to Beyond Well with Sheila Hamilton. Testing one, two, three, four. And welcome to 2020. There we go. 2019 was our first year. This could get just so much fun. And we invited in some amazing guests. Let's get a, a level on. We had some amazing topics. I know. I, know. I want that story. <laughs> and we'd like to thank you for supporting the show. Yeah. So we thought it might be fun before we dive headlong into the new year. All right, everybody's level looks good, right? To take a quick look back. Okay. At a few of our faves from 2019. Three, two, one. In June of 2019, Sheila invited singer, performer, and force of nature Storm Large into the studio. And then after the show, someone forgot to hit the stop button on record. So stick around for a little fly-in-the-wall bonus material of Beyond Well Solutions. I'm Sheila Hamilton, along with Dr. Jenna Lejude. Hello, Jenna. Hi there. What an exciting morning. And Dr. Brian Goff. Good to see you again, Brian. Hello. And I have to say, when I look at our calendar of all of the guests that we have coming in, I think the one that was furthest out and so excited me was my good friend Storm Large. Hello, Storm. Hello, Sheila. How are you? I'm so well, and we're so happy. All three of us are huge fans of yours, so Mm -hmm. it's like very cool to have you (laughs) in. In her memoir, Crazy Enough, and the one-woman show that's based on that same title, Storm Large chronicles her early years in a family at the mercy of a mother who suffered acute mental health problems, along with a dad who really did not know what the hell to do with his daughter. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's fair? Uh, Quite. (laughs) So Storm visited her mom many times in the hospital where she was until she was nine years old when she asked a doctor if she would end up crazy like her mother. And I want you to start there, Storm, with the answer. (laughs) The doctor uh, basically said, I expected him to say, of course, no, 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 don't you worry about a thing. You know, when you ask somebody and hoping, you know, expecting a different answer. But anyway, he he hardly even looked at me and it wasn't a diagnosis. It was just, you will absolutely end up like your mother. It's hereditary. Um, And then said, um, not until your 20s, though, or whenever you have children, whichever comes first. Um, And I was already just kind of, you know, when you're afraid of something and then you hear it outside your head, you're... You're convinced, you're you're upset, but you're not totally surprised. He went on to say, but we we know what to do now. I mean, we understand your mother's illness, and, and you're going to be fine, kind of a, a half-assed, comforting thing. But meanwhile, my mother was bandaged from her thumbs to her elbows from having carved herself up so many mm-hmm. times. And, and yeah, they didn't know. They didn't know. And so it was... Uh, yeah, basically, he's like, here, kid, hold this sword of Damocles. It's going to fall on your head eventually. Don't worry. It'll it, be quick. It's fascinating to me, Jen. The same thing happened to me in my attempt to research um, what might happen with Sophie because of the genetic risk. Mm-hmm. How often do families like hear this? Well, there was mental illness in your family, so there's a 50% chance that you're going to carry it. Right, yeah, this is part of the problem with talking about these things as if they're diseases. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, 
psychological suffering doesn't work in that same way. And it's also just not very useful, right? So there are lots of things that we can do if we might be more susceptible to struggling in a particular way psychologically to help keep us healthy and balanced and all of those things. And those are the things to focus on, not making some very not factually based kind of crystal ball predictions about yes you are now damned yeah. to be this way <laughs> well well my my um, anecdotal experience of psychology and what was from from what was happening to my mother to what was said to me to what I believed about myself for a really long time is I was just studying sort of um, symptoms be like oh my god I've done that oh my god I've said that oh my god I've thought that oh, and you're so and you're yeah. af- you're afraid anyways but I mean um Back in the day, it was these doctors kind of had to know what they were saying. Uh Every diagnosis my mother received was a very cavalier, assured, we know what it is, we know how to treat it. They had to say it because I don't know if it had to do with insurance back then because there were periods of time where mental issues were not covered. Right. And then there were times when they were. Yeah. And uh, I knew that by how Christmas would go, (laughs) you know, if mom had insurance for her issues, we would have a great Christmas. And if the insurance wasn't covering it, you know, Christmas would be at grandma's house. (laughs) (laughs) um, Which is, I mean, that's really, it's so much worse for so many, so many other people. But I mean, um, it's like life or death. My, my, we were not going to end up on the street because of my mom's illnesses, but we needed everybody in the family to chip in and help. Um, So the doctors taking all of our money and all of our resources and all of our time had to sound like they knew what they were saying. Mm, That makes sense. Knew what they were doing. And And it's a business thing and it sucks. And I think that still exists. And people who are struggling in that way too, like of course you want, want an answer. No, you yeah. want an answer. Yeah. You want like, oh, it's this thing, and you know what it is, and you're gonna save me from it. So it's kind, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And yet it's so damaging. It's it's and it's been damaging for for years, but I don't see it changing very much. No, yeah. I mean there's a mm. lot of discussion now though about the the inaccuracies of the DSM. How how why it's grown, how it's really created a new class of uh, insurance nightmares because of the different variations of it. And when you see people in your practice, you see them as just human beings all struggling with Absolutely. different things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the DSM, the manual that's the, the manual for mental disorders, Every version, every iteration that it comes out, there's this exponential growth in the various ways that we can be wrong, right? Uh, that we can be broken, and and those things are codified, crystallized, as though you could draw blood and look at it and be like, oh, well, you have mm-hmm. the fourth variation of this secondary thing of this, and we talk about them like Jenna was saying, we talk about them as though they are um, certain medical i mean i'm thinking right. about what you were told sounds like a crystal ball thing like right. this one line on your hand says that when you're in your 20s you're going to suffer from this disease but how guilty do you think the pharmaceutical company is for that as well oh. because they um they need to draw a line from this prescription to this specific diagnosis and the more prescriptions they have from we need more we need more things wrong with people (laughs) i'm being very i'm being very cynical here i'm not i'm not blanket 
carpet bombing shade across yeah. all of that. Right. But um, but it really does seem that way. Um, I mean, just for the for the simple fact that sometimes a drug will fail catastrophically, spectacularly, and then it'll show up for something else. Oh, it's really true. You know, like Propecia was for... Hair loss. Was for... It is for hair, hair loss, loss. But it was originally thalidomide. Yeah. Which resulted in, I don't know, limb loss. And, um, yeah. Limb or hair? Anyone you know, here? I have way too many limbs. <laughs> you know, my hair is great, but just <laughs> so many arms and legs. So, Storm went on, despite the doctor telling her that she was going to be mentally ill. Uh, really, one of the the most prolific creative geniuses that I know, a musical performer, a fierce activist for LGBTQIA, a woman's reproductive rights activist. She's a member of the internationally famous band Pink Martini. She went on to have some years that were really tough. I mean, if you think about your uh, years in New York City where you really struggled at the academy and then with heroin, with being very sexually promiscuous, do you tie it back to that doctor telling you, well, you're going to be crazy? I do, um, because my evidence of crazy was really the only woman in my life, my mother. And my mother was um, physically very small, a very petite little thing. And so as soon as I was associated with being locked up and alone and everybody was just would kind of roll their eyes quietly. Oh, Susie, you know, talking about my mother. Um, and my mother was always crying and always trying to die and always uh, like needing, needing, needing so much mm. um, that everybody pulled away. And so I was like, I have to be the opposite of that. So I'm never going to cry. Mm. I'm never going to cry. I'm not going to be weak. I'm not going to need help. Uh, I am going to um, drink heroically, mm-hmm. do drugs. I'm going to do whatever I, I'm going to do whatever I can to not be her. But ironically, her n- number one, like crazy laser focus was somebody please love me, love me, love me. And mm-hmm. she associated being sick with getting everyone to react in a crisis. She re- she associated that with being loved, mm. and for me, um, I also c- felt so unloved because my parents were gone, and and um, so I my number one pursuit was to feel loved as well. But I went about mm. it in a much more muscular, really r- reckless way. Um, in a way, kind of, I mean, you could call it somewhat masculine. I just went boldly out into the world yeah. mm. and was like. You know what? Go ahead and swing, fight me, bro. I will. I will out. I will out crazy you. Yeah, I love. You that. know, I will out screw you. I will out drink you. Uh-huh. I will. I will survive all this. Wow, beautiful. Suck it. Uh-huh. Uh, her her one woman show is the tenth anniversary and crazy enough is. Are there any seats left at, at the I show? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it's a short <laughs> engagement because I've got uh, such a really heavy touring schedule, but. Honestly, I wanted to revisit it, number one, kind of selfishly, I wanted to revisit it to see if I could do it. Mm. You know, I, I was 40, and it almost killed me, because yeah. it ran for five months straight, and, um, and now I'm going to be 50, and uh, it's a short run, but it's also, uh, I'm in a healthier, different place, and want to see, just want to see how I viscerally respond to revisiting myself. 
Mm, that's a beautiful mm. thing. Can we hear a song from it? Sure. This is um, this is the first song I wrote when I finally agreed to do the show. That I before it was before I named it. It was like the sad the 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 sad stupid idea that 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 a sad story can be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Call me crazy Cause I am And alive Oh, I am alive That's the way I Turn a nosedive into flight Call me psycho Cause I am Oh, and I am alive Thank God I am alive I make music out of those voices in my mind And this crazy helps me to see this as funny Makes me feel rich with no money, honey pie Then my brain goes over and over it Oh, I know that I can't get away from a shadow landmine Call me later to see see that I got home alive oh and I am alright I'm just kidding you know me I'll be just fine it's this crazy it helps me to see death as funny makes me feel great with no more shadow can I live audience here at Beyond Well with Sheila Thank Hamilton, you. welcoming all of our friends and Thank supporters you. today. Brian, what did you hear in the lyrics of that that you just love? I mean, part of it for me is if everyone thought about the things that they think are their weaknesses and they turn them into like, oh, that's my vulnerability. That's where I'm really feeling. Maybe there's something there to yeah. draw on yeah. creatively, magically, like you do, Storm, every single song. Well, I mean, hopefully, you do. The, the, the point for me is always just like, is this sound does this sound like BS or is this does this feel mm-hmm. genuine to me? Yeah. Um and uh and it's very it, you know I'd be uh, it would be a lie if I said I always felt that my that my potential whatever illness um was a strength. Um 
but you 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 hit the nail on the head with vulnerability because that was my biggest fear for mm-hmm. forever was to mm-hmm. cry on stage was to be weak. Yeah. But as soon as I found my vulnerability on stage one time, quite by accident, um, I realized it was the most it was the most powerful part of me. Yeah. Yeah. As an artist and as a performer, because yeah. to be vulnerable like that, to be lit, electrified, big, mighty, sex pot, muscle bound, you know, tough ass MF, you know, yeah. on stage, and to crack open. Yeah. Absolutely in kind. Everybody cracks open and there's a huge healing yeah. that happens. And it's and it's the same with, with storytelling as you do and uh, as we share. Yeah, what I just just sitting here watching you sing that song, there is so uh, there's like a reclaiming of some of those words like crazy and psycho. Mm-hmm. And what I heard was instead of me running away from who I might be or who I might become, or the stuff that I feel, I will not run from me. Hmm. Uh, like, I, this is me, I feel this, I'm alive. And, and the, honestly, the saddest and sickest I've ever been, and the saddest and sickest I've ever seen anyone, is fighting that. Mm-hmm. Fighting who they are. And, and yes, maybe there are you know, there are aspects to some uh, mental illness that is very dangerous and and needs to be um, needs to be, you know, uh, like healed and, 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 and talked about and worked on. But for the most part, there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance and people are just trying to keep it together, keep it together, be normal and compare themselves to what yeah. they perceive as normal. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I used to be a, I still sort of am a super dork about true crime and serial killers and stuff like that and what do they all say about the serial killer when they found out he's been collecting human ears for like for his whole life he seems so normal he was so normal (laughs) he was the most normal guy you'd ever want to meet yeah so true don't be normal man don't embrace it (laughs) you just figure out figure out who you are figure out who you're not and be and not be don't run away from it yeah you know um the first time that i ever saw a storm i'd moved to portland and uh i was in a yoga class and i'm sitting like i'm i'm a very bad yoga person like i'm just i attempt to try to do yoga again and again and i can never really do it so i'm a constant beginner but this woman walks in and like because this is uh, a podcast and people aren't going to be able to see you storm you are you present as like an amazon queen (laughs) and she takes takes off her shirt and there's this uh, tattoo from like shoulder blade to shoulder blade that says lover. And I read the story behind your tattoo and you will have to share it. It is so good. It's so good. Well, it's it, it's just um, I was when I lived in San Francisco, I was um, kickboxing and just at a gym for exercise and I loved it and it was really cool it was this gritty dirty gym full of like gang guys and reformed gang guys and um, like hardcore dudes and we weren't I wasn't anyway actually sparring and fighting and connecting but I was just you know learning and uh, in the gym the dudes all had these intense like like cholo type tattoos, killer butcher, you know, Rodriguez, Pitbull, you know, stuff written in old e old English writing, and um, and I was dating a, a a tattoo artist at the time, and we were talking about what tattoo I wanted. I was like, I want 
a big, gnarly, like tough looking tattoo that says something really nice, like butterfly or or kiss me or like something like so like fluffy bunny, like something silly like that. And then I thought, you know, uh, my boyfriend George at the time was like, well, what do you, what do you think? What describes you? It's going to be on you forever. And I was like, well, pff, lover. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, absolutely. That's who you are. And so I did it ironically, but at the same time, it's kind of the perfect description Completely. because people people see me and they're like, oh my God, don't kill me. Please don't kill me. <laughs> That's so awesome. You know, guy, uh, guys uh, sometimes come up to members in my band. All, I, I'm in a band with all boys and I've been, we've been together forever and um, they're like my brothers, but um, someone walked up to my guitar player and said, uh, and, and basically said, there's a, there's a, there's a very wealthy gentleman over at my table who would be very interested in talking to your singer. And my guitar player had a few drinks and he goes, he wants Storm Large to be some arm candy. Why don't you go back and ask him if he's ever been on a mechanical bull that punches? <laughs> that's so awesome. And that's my, that's my, that's kind of my patina. That's my, that's, that's how uh, people kind of see me. And that's how I have developed my external yeah. self out of like you're not going to get me uh-huh. but anybody and you know me really yeah. well I will cry and I'm such a mush and I see a, a dead bird and I'm like no I'm like this total totally. mushy uh. little like candy candy heart yeah uh, but that tattoo is so perfect that's why it's perfect it exactly. looks tough but it's exactly right. and and kind of from Brian and, and my <laughs> perspective the way that we would de- define kind of mental health is this idea of psychological flexibility. It's being able to have all aspects mm-hmm. of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can have the badass right. kind of tough script right. and also be that lover. Yeah. I, and I love that. That's mm. so, so beautiful. Great. Do yeah. what works when in whatever context you're in. So you said that your next tattoo is going to be on, on your sternum. Very yeah. painful by the way. I yeah, heard. the but ribs it's, are the it most going painful. going to be but follow the yes or just yes? It's going to be yes over my heart because oh. that's just been that's just been my motto um, since I got healthy, since I uh, you know got off drugs and um and really started to embrace all aspects of me, including the, you know, the things that seem to contradict themselves mm-hmm. or whatever. I know what healthy is. I know what joy is. I know, I know it's, I'm learning self-care. Mm. Um, uh, self-care to me used to mean like self-control. Yeah. You know, work out. Don't eat that. Like, right. like be, you know, don't think that way. It was like very kind of a controlling thing instead of just like, you know what, soak in the shower and and lay, lay, like just cover your body with olive oil, just like lay there. Just do whatever you got to do to just take care of your body, take care of your mental health. And that can, that can just, that can also mean reading Stephen King, Neil Gaiman, just, just whatever candy. You know, it was great, Storm. One of your Instagrams, you posted like your pre-concert stuff that you have to go through to get yourself mm. energetically to oh. a place where you can do that. I was so glad you posted it because I think a lot of people just think, well, Storm's gorgeous and she puts on a little makeup and she goes out and she does her show and that's such an easy life. Mm-hmm. Like I have more respect for this woman in terms of how much work you do 
to continue to perform and describe for people what it takes just emotionally to get ready for a show and then to leave it on the stage as you do. Well, first of all, but what people don't, a lot of people don't understand about being a touring musician is imagine Imagine you got to go somewhere for Christmas and you're bringing your whole family and you go through the whole thing, getting the tickets, finding the right seats and then get everybody there on time. Make sure, oh, we forgot. Ah, oh, darn it. You forgot your freaking sweater. Ah, we know, well, we're going to have to buy one when we get there. And then, oh, and oh, man, the flight's delayed. We're going to miss our connection. Oh, no, 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 stress, 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 stress. But you're in the back of your mind. You're like, well, when we get there, though, we can I can get a drink with an umbrella in it. And sit on my butt and get some sun. Now, imagine all the stress of travel, but zero drinks with umbrellas. And you get there and you have to be charming and clean and look hot. And you have to care about absolutely everything somebody is saying to you. And then you have to get on stage, get a whole huge room uh, full of people sitting around in the dark, get them to fall in love with you and buy stuff. And then you have to continue <laughs> to do that into the night until you get until that door behind you in the hotel room closes because God forbid you lose your temper because you didn't get any sleep or you have a cold and you're yeah. on steroids mm-hmm. so your voice won't close up. Right. And you have uh, you have literally from the moment you hit the pillow you have about mm, five hours to sleep. You have to sleep because then you have to get up and then you have to be on the radio and then you have to get to the airport and then you have to check all the ba- and do it over again. It's like it is it's brutal. Yeah. Uh, the traveling alone is brutal. Um, for me, when I get on stage with all things are, are going well, I'm hydrated, I'm not sick. Yeah. Um, and it's not like the fifth show in four days where I'm really super, super fatigued. Um, that is the easy part once I get on stage because then I am, I am, I am in my flow. I am in my place. I am in my comfort zone. Um, and uh, really, the challenge is just not to swear at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so wonderful that we've left you off the hook here today? You can do whatever you want. What? We're not yeah. live? Oh, fuck yeah! Oh, good. Let that dog out of the yard, Sheila. That, that not swearing thing is a big problem for my job, I know. too. I, that's I'm, sure. I'm constantly I'm sure. thinking about it. Don't swear, Jenna. I've gotten that really good at it. I've gotten really good at it, though. Actually, you know, we do a lot of stuff with symphonies, and I'll look down. I'll see it. I'll see a little kid, and I'm like, "Somebody's mommy and daddy don't have Google." <laughs> Hi, why are you in the front? You're gonna learn some new words. Yeah, when I want a mom, when I want a when a boy or a girl are in love. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Storm. Uh, um, I heard that some Broadway producers came to you after the first run of Crazy Enough, mm-hmm. and they wanted to turn it into a Broadway show, and they were asking you to really change it up. Yeah. Um. So, what did you say to them? Oh uh, well. <laughs> Well, ultimately, I was, I mean, I was just kind of, because I'm new at this. I wrote the book, and I, I was like, I, I was like, I'm a tourist in the literary world. I'm a performer. It's basically like being a writer after being a performer for so many years is like trying to get a dog to be a cat. Mm, yeah. And it was really just felt like a weird fit, but I, 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 I did okay because I, I turned it sort of into a performance in, of itself in the show, yeah. etc. And um, they kept trying to like, well, it needs to be sophisticated. I'm like, but I'm not sophisticated. And they're like, yeah, but for, for, for New York audiences, it needs to be, oh, they're giving it all this like precious criteria it had to be. And so I would rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. Finally, I went to go see Carrie Fisher, um, Wishful mm. Drinking. And I went and I watched and I was like, 
there is very the only difference between her show and mine is she doesn't sing. She's just telling stories. So I went back to the producers and the directors, and I was like, I just saw Carrie Fisher. That's like, well, yeah, but that's Carrie Fisher. If you were Carrie Fisher, I go, oh, it said I'm not famous, so I am gonna leave. Uh, and I don't have time to stay for you to finish. <laughs> oh, that is just so. If there's any story that just like sums up your beauty, I think that might be it. Like the mechanical bull just punched him. <laughs> totally. Yeah. His eight seconds is up. Um, what what Storm did though in that moment of saying no, this is who I am. I need you to actually see who I am. I right. think could take so many people so far in their own yeah. healing. Well, it's, really do. it's what we were saying before. It's it's Storm not turning away from her own experience yeah. and not whitewashing it or be what somebody else wants her to be. Yeah, you know. Well, I would this love is this is my actual story. Yeah, and, yeah but, but I would love to. T- I, I would love to take credit for that and to feel like, yeah, that's right because I I have, was born to be genuine. It's like no, I'm a shitty liar. I can't be fake. If I could, I might be like super rich, you know. But I'm just. I just can't. I'm not. I just don't know how. Yeah, and I and I also think though that you did work to be able to know who you were in order to be able to stand up for that. Like, like there there are people who who wouldn't even have the because of their history wouldn't even have a sense of self enough that they would be able to say, "Oh, I see. You're saying I'm something different than I am." But that's kind of in that's entertainment also. Any mm. any stripe of entertainment, be it fashion, yeah. um, music, theater, film, television, with women, oh you gotta be skinnier, yeah. younger, mm. prettier, differenter, more like Selma, uh, Selma Blair, more like Selma Hayek, more like, you know, it's like you just don't be you and yeah. we'll figure it out. Exactly. And and the music business was just I mean in the 90s especially we're like well we we need you to be and there was any there was like maybe four archetypes of woman you could be yeah Mm. and somehow they all were yodeling in the 90s (laughs) and i was not really down that wasn't with that i can totally yodel but it wasn't my deal um what are your thoughts about beauty and aging you're going to turn 50 soon i'm turning 50 yeah right well i that thing i'm not we didn't get a chance to do i wanted to sell um tickets to make it like a charity thing, yeah. have hardcore security, no film, no pictures or yeah. anything like that. We never did the, we never got around to figuring it out, the charity thing. So I think I'm going to be 60. Well, <laughs> I'd still come to see you strip I'm going to strip 60. at 60. That's about when I'm going to start <laughs> con- like folding up the tent and not, you know, um, not touring as much. So I think I'm going to launch my porn career right around there. Uh, I, uh, There's a, probably a subset that would really go. Oh, for girl, that. you'd be amazed. <laughs> so, um, the one of the very interesting things that I think about uh, crazy is at the at the end of your journey of doing it, you said that it completely hollowed you out. Oh yeah, you lost a ton of weight. You lot you were emotionally so drained. But do you feel in some ways that in doing this, it was the journey that you needed to do to reconcile the story of who your mother was, of who Storm is? Um, you know, it was weird because 10 years ago when I was doing the show, I, when I realized the effect it was having is why I drove myself. Because I saw 
I was being of use. I was being of service. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And it was it was killing me and I wasn't getting the catharsis or the healing that everyone else was, but I saw I was like, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So I should I should keep going, keep going. Mm. And and sort of in a you know, I guess it's a codependent way with me with the audience. I'm like, then I'll be if I can fix all this and help all these folks then maybe I'll let my, leave myself alone oh, and be wow. so and rest, and then I'll be I'll be like, okay, well at least I helped this many people, mm. and that's just the the me trying to prove, you know, to my dad, to to teachers, to people who thought I was just a piece, piece of shit, mm-hmm. and um, that put those voices in my head uh, that I I was never going to be good enough or matter. Um, I was like, well, if I do all this, then I'll then I'll matter, then I'll matter, and that that was the lesson, really. I I started fainting, my hair started falling out in handfuls. But this was after the show wrapped. Like within that month, yeah. I fell apart and had really bad anemia and adrenal failure, and um, so it I needed to experience that to know, yes, you can actually work yourself to death. Yeah. You literally, literally can. Um, so how about don't? And so that's why. This show has been requested for for the decade from everywhere, and they've wanted to film it, and they've wanted to uh, animate it, they've wanted to buy the rights, and they wanted to blah blah blah, blah and make it a TV show. Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, I can't. I I I got to do it again. I have to. I have to, not slay the dragon, but just sort of do it for myself. Well, beautiful. Do you guys have any other questions before she sings us out? Jenna, no, it's just such a pleasure to yeah. hear about your your journey, and just <laughs> it's really it's it's really inspiring this way that you talk about, um, sort of owning your own experience and process. And I love this piece of when you're doing something, if it's about oh I don't want to like feel worthless or I want to like prove them wrong. Mm-hmm there's something kind of hollow about it mm-hmm. as opposed to when you're doing it because this is my source of meaning in the world. Right. It could be exactly the same activity, but when you're doing it for somebody else or you're doing it to get rid of some demon you mm-hmm. have in your head, um, it's, it's a quite a different thing. So I love that you're reclaiming this. Oh, thank you. It's, yeah, I mean, it too. took me a long, long time. And, and it's, I don't have children, but I, I can imagine... Um, mothers getting caught in sure. that, especially if they're struggling with depression and struggling with, mm-hmm. I mean, God, exhaustion. Parents ex- struggle with exhaustion, but they're like, but I'm gonna, I'm exactly. gonna put it outside myself, put outside myself, and mm-hmm. then, yeah. 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 I'm excited to hear you play. I, oh. I wanted to say, <laughs> I wanted to say something really quippy about like live large or something like that, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, as I think about it, so much of your story, it, whether it was the, whether it was the sex or the drugs or the shows to benefit everybody but you, it all felt like, and sometimes Jenna and I use this language, moves away from, like I'm trying to get away from something. And when you say, no, enough of that, I want to do this for me. Mm-hmm. Now it's not running away from things. It's running towards stuff. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite mottos is um, by a um, female chief of the Cherokee Nation, Wilma Mankiller is her name. Wow. And her motto is be the buffalo. Um, be the buffalo is 
when a storm is coming over the plains, cows will run away to get away from the storm. Buffalo run towards it to get through it faster. So they know they can't avoid it, but get through it. Go straight. Oh, wow. And, I, and, I'm, and, and if I'm wrong about it, uh, Wilma Mankiller being a Cherokee or maybe Sue, uh, I, might be, I might have the tribe wrong. Please forgive me. Um, but look up uh, Wilma Mankiller and, and be the buffalo. It's one of the finest... One of the finest mottos. And since now I know I can swear on this uh, program here, I'm going to do my most feared and most requested song that's also in, uh, in Crazy Enough. All of my life I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit because I am enormous, get used to it. Yeah, man, everyone tells me I'm too much. Well, maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Oh, can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Did I mention that? My vagina is eight miles wide. Absolutely everyone can come inside. If you're ever frightened, just run and hide. My vagina, it's eight miles. Oh, come on now. Tell me, what is womanly to you? She should be strong, but not too much of a brute, because it's really cool if she's powerful, but it's way better if she's just cute, right? Yeah, well, for all of us girls who don't fit in, I say go Amazonian. You could be a kick-ass bruiser and be feminine. Now go and tell everybody my vagina is eight miles wide. Absolutely everyone can come inside. If you're ever frightened, just run and hide my vagina. It's eight miles wide. Now check it out. I am not loose. And I'm not a whore, technically. This, it's a, it's a metaphor for my super vigantastically mystical feminine goddess Cora. Oh, I hate it when women make that noise that we don't need daddies, men or boys. Cause even some hardcore girls love cock-shaped sex toys. Now, my vagina, obviously, is universal. It's just like a penis, but reversible. Come on in, man. The water is fine. It's not my vagina. Oh, it's our vagina. Come on. My vagina is eight miles wide. Oh, come on. the men singing. Come on, boys. You know the words. Sing it. Come on, boys. My vagina is eight miles. That's right. Don't be pussy. Absolutely everyone can come inside. If you're ever frightened, just run it hard. My vagina. My vagina. Everybody sing. 
My vagina is eight miles wide. Oh, absolutely everyone can come inside. If you're ever frightened, just run and hide my Vigantic, 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 a big, big love. Vigantic, 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 a big, big love. Oh man, thank you guys. I never get sick of that song, <laughs> ever. Stormlight, thank, thank you, you for being so much You're for welcome. joining us at Beyond Well. Anytime, Sheila. And Seriously. if you like the uh, podcast, please download, of course, and then tell your friends. We're on every platform, including a little one called Podbean. We're all trying to figure out. <laughs> Thanks <Aww>. again. <laughs> the storm large interview we were kind of carried away no one was really paying attention and someone forgot to hit the stop button oops the recording continued so we got to hear the goings-on after the show you to hear a lot of noise around the room there was no particular direction no one was actually on their microphone let's call it um welcome to beyond well solutions looks back at that time we interviewed Storm Large and we forgot to hit the stop button on recording. And it went on and on and on. Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? We'll just play it till it ends. We pick up how Storm came about the song, Eight Miles Wide. It's funny because of what I originally wrote it as sort of a fuck you to exclusionary feminism. Yeah. When, it, I don't know if it was third wave or fourth wave or some wave was fucking telling me that I was, I was something... There's been a lot of of self-flagellation yeah. on the left. Oh, I've been I've been I got love. attacked the other day. I was introduced, you know my song for um um the uh marriage equality stand yeah. up for me. Yeah. I was introducing the song and I was saying, you know, I just had this meditation about love and how, you know, all of mankind is praying for love and wishing and wishing and for love and and I just wondered what what could what what does love want from mankind? And, and I sing the song, people are like, oh, it's so beautiful. Someone came up to me and was like, Storm, you know, people look up to you, and uh, you really need to be careful about what you say. And I said, I support gay marriage. And she was like, oh, no, I'm not talking about that. And I was like, okay. She goes, you said mankind. Oh, jeez. <sighs> and I'm like, oh, so obviously I secretly oh. meant Hitler. <laughs> Hitler! <laughs> so what the fuck? I go, but, I go, but do you realize... That what I was, what you know, what I meant. Of course. Right. It oh, wasn't just yeah. mankind. No one with an icky vagina, though. Yeah. Ew. Ew. Not for them. Not me either. Just, just the penises. Just them because they stick out, and because it's God's plan. It's God's antenna. Is oh, the cock. Okay. And that's all that matters. So oh, honestly, God, we've been yeah. having conversations about this. We have. We do I need to have. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I'll come yeah. back because, and, and you know, oh, what I was I talking with Amanda you. Palmer and I just did a podcast <gasps> on this. Wow, that's no, so no, cool. No, she's a she's a good friend of mine, and uh, our oh, our please, other friend Erica Moen, who 
Erica Mullen, who does Ojoy's oh Sex Toys, she's been oh, getting yeah. attacked for, she said she had like a some kind of sexual encounter with a trans man, and she was like, God, I just love trans men. They're so hot. Yeah. And she's getting ripped like a she totally attack. You're just you're anti-trans oh. if you use any if you sway for a moment, you are oh. you are you're off. Well, oh. so we were talking about it's called cancel culture and um, Oh yeah. and my yeah. sister's writing about it a lot because at the university level, it's yeah. it's making a lot of the best professors resign because the cancel culture is so great that That's, if you are called out for saying one thing wrong like that, your you whole, lose your tenureship. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so the the whole idea Jeez. is within friend groups, people are canceling friends yeah. forever for one wrong tweet, for yep. one wrong saying, and not even a wrong thing, but right. something you Use. perceive yeah. oh, as right. being yeah. wrong about. I really want to do. Yeah. I want to do a podcast on cancel culture. I really do because that's so how the the right is like. They might be infighting, but they yeah. are goose stepping to the totally. finish line yeah. with all of us going. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. That's, so I have zero tolerance for hate speak. I'm like, what did I say? You said albatross. They're not called albatross anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're called big bird of whatever color they want to be. I know. Well, Brian was using a, he was using a, a, a metaphor today about pigs. And after we finished, we're like, is it okay? Can you say, say pigs? Pig in Can you say pigs in mud? It's Are you allowed it's to ridiculous. say a pig in mud? Like, that was all right, right? It used to be of the cuckold culture, and it's so racist. I can't believe you said pigs in a blanket. Because <laughs> it was a uh, don't mud wrestle with a pig. You both get dirty, and the pig likes it. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm in any of the doctors or lovely storm. Yeah, I just want to storm. Is is the specter? Does the specter of mental health follow you? All the time. Yes. Every moment oh of the yeah. Day. Uh, not every moment. No, not every moment of the day. No, I. I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not as easily distracted by the fear, but you know, I get depressed. I have depression, and I. I don't medicate. I. I meditate. I, I'm a. Vo That's one thing about me that I really. I've had friends' lives saved by antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Um. And I am terrified to the core of taking any any psychotropic anything because of its stigma in my history. Mm. Um, but I absolutely have that. I don't have the childlike fear anymore because I was like, what's it going to be like? Is it going to be like I'm a werewolf? And you wake up at the zoo and you're like, you don't have any recollection of what happened, but there's blood on you and you're like, fuck, mm, it happened. Yeah kind of thing. I don't have that childish paranoia anymore, but I do um, carry like what everybody else does in neuroses and, and anxieties yeah. and 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 I think that's things. the that's the thing that I'd want to highlight is yeah. it's the thing that everybody carries. Right. Yeah, right? we so it's all like, have it. I'm it's afraid that I'm gonna yeah. I'm afraid that I'm gonna what? Struggle? Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. me too. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I do, and we all do, and like raise your hand if you don't have a little something, right? We're all allowed to carry it. Right. right. Absolutely. And so I think that's the thing is it's not as I heard it, it wasn't so much and correct me if I'm telling you how you feel. It's okay. No, no, no. But but like I, I instead of being afraid that I'm gonna get some disease, you know, wake up in the zoo yeah. all bloody and like I'm not me anymore. It's like, oh, I'm I'm gonna struggle because I'm human, and I saw one version of that yes. in my mom, and I'm concerned that that's what it's gonna look like for me. But 
here it is. It's shown up, but it's like, do I carry the specter of mental health? I carry my emotions. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. carry my feelings. Mm -hmm. I have I have that full range of human experience. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Welcome to being human. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's yeah. our that's our attempt in all of this, is to normalize and sort of destigmatize, um, but not dismiss. Yeah. Right. right. Like, just yeah. take the shame out of just asking for help. Right. Mm -hmm. There is so much shame around right. just being like, I'm not. I'm not okay. Right. Mm -hmm. People can't say that, especially yeah. no. And in this society, men especially have a difficult time because women, we get, we count on each other. Mm -hmm. We're like, dude, I feel like fucking stabbing everyone in the eye. Me too. Let's go drink. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. And and men are like, hey man, let's go, let's go have non-sexual contact, but really violent sports. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just uh, drink and just stare in the middle distance and you know, kind of thing. And I'm being really sexist with that oversimplification. And my apologies, but but that's just in this. Culture, but there's, right. I think, in terms of um, when we're talking about abortion, people have so much shame around talking yeah. about sex itself. Yeah, yeah. That you know, all these girls are getting pregnant. It's like by themselves, spontaneously. That's not a problem. That's fucking biblical. That's great. That means there's hella messiahs. There's like you know all kinds of Jesuses coming. Uh, we're gonna be fine, guys. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> but it's like have like after after the pod totally yeah, no, post yeah. post pod totally. yeah, no, that's for the paid members yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah no but seriously it's like shame out of out of all the things we talked about today I would say addressing the shame thing and mm. I think that's why my show was so effective because yeah. people look at me and they think. <laughs> oh my God, she's so she's got it together. She's totally hot. She's yeah. she's kind of famous, and she probably just has everything really easy for her. And then they they them like rip it open, and they're like, "Fuck! Oh my God! Wow, me too!" And then they're yeah. like, yeah. they feel yeah. empowered and yeah. less ashamed, yeah. Yeah. less alone. Yeah. Shame is what separates human hearts. That's so true. Um, one of the transcripts that I read was when you were with a group of high school kids and nobody was owning up to, oh, yeah. to uh, doing heroin or doing any kind of drugs or having problems with sexual violence. Nobody was owning up to anything. And Storm comes in and the principal is expecting her to start speaking and instead she's on the floor with like people just talking. And suddenly, like, all of the kids are saying, yeah, I'm addicted. Right. Yeah, I'm right. suicidal. Yes, I'm this. Yes, I'm that. Like, the power in having someone who comes and right. brings her whole self and her whole story. Well, and the thing, the thing I love, I so love about your messages, because so often what we hear from folks who are in the limelight is, well, I used to suffer. Right. Uh -huh. And then I figured it out. Oh, yeah. And no. now I yeah. don't. And like you being able to say, oh, no, I still, I still suffer. I've just learned how to have all of my experience yeah. and not try and run away from it with all of the other things. Well, it comes, yeah. with, it comes with age, too. Yeah, but also, yeah. I think in the last 10 years, mental illness has become way easier to talk totally. about. Yeah. yeah. And thank God. And you have yeah. been one yeah. of the main pioneers oh, of that. And it's, you. no, yeah. it's been, it's <clears throat> so helpful that people even with just like like just something they think is a little bit weird about them and they will create 
such agony around the one little thing yeah and and create an entire new a new like uh uh, pain pattern for themselves absolutely that they're medicating with bad behavior that 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 bleeds into their family and into their into their community it's It's one of the famous like one of the things i love most about my job and brian you probably have this experience too like People will come in, and sorry about my back there. People will come in and they'll say, I have this really, really terrible yeah. thing that I'm the only yeah. one in the whole oh, world. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, like what flavor yeah. of normal is this Tuesday? Like, right. And yet people sort of think nobody else struggles right. in this way. Right. Now, the last time I had oh. a therapist, um, I he was a very, very busy guy, a friend of, uh, a, friend of a friend, and he made time for me because I was in this really heightened, I'd been touring nonstop, I was exhausted, and when you're really tired, and uh. and when you're, I'm touring a lot, I start drinking more, sure. and, and you're just, you're emotionally raw, and uh. And so he said, okay, so we, we have an hour, why don't you tell me just off the top of your head why you think you, why you, what, what you think you can get out of therapy right now? And I said, I'm afraid I'm a narcissist. And he laughed and he was like, okay. <laughs> Why do you think you're a narcissist? I'm like, I really care about what people think. And he goes, okay. Um, this is only going to take like five minutes. I know, right, right. Hour. And he goes, okay, so tell me why else. I go, well, I'm a musician. And, and so I, my whole life is about, is about like impressing people and, and, and being, being attractive. And I'm very externally motivated. And, and my, my inside, I'm so lonely and so sad and so tired. And, and I think it's, I think it's narcissism. And he's like, okay, uh, let's see. All right, what time is it? All right. Uh, first of all, narcissists don't think they're narcissists. First, let's just get that off the table. And I was like, I might, what if I have you fooled? Uh-huh. What if I have you fooled? I am very charming. Wait for the DSM-6, because there's a narcissism that admits it. We're gonna come I know, up which, which one? I mean, how do you know? Okay. I could be totally psychotic. Oh, my God. And he's like, no, I'm pretty... I'm pretty sure he's like. First of all, who the 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 friend who recommended you has zero tolerance for that kind of behavior in any way. And and so anyway, let's let's get to the bottom of it. And uh, finally, he admitted he's like, okay, well maybe you can have a narcissistic wound. I'm like, no, I'm really fucked up. <laughs> and he's like, okay. He's like, I, he's like, all I hear is you trying to convince me that you're a piece of shit. That's mm-hmm. all you're doing to me yeah, right now wow. is you're trying to convince me. Mm-hmm. So who told you? That you're no good. And I'm wow. like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, think about it. And then I really, it was quick. He was good. Wow. He's like, you're not a narcissist. He's like, but you are, you you have a very common, mm. it's it's a common thing. There's a voice yeah. that you s- totally assume is the truth. Right. Oh, God. And he goes, right. but he did that thing. And I'm sure you guys have used this and heard it. Where's your proof? Oh. Where's your proof that you are yeah. a bad person? What did you do today? Just to fuck with someone. Yeah. What did you do today just to hurt someone? Mm. You know? That's so What's good. your proof? Right. You know, it's mm. also just so cool, um, just normalizing therapy, just like you just did. Right. So here's what actually, we, we, we were talking about doing a session once, like what right, actually yeah. goes on in yeah. therapy. Right. Because I think people still have an idea that you have to lay down on a bed. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. You know, go right. blame it on my dad. <laughs> yeah. So many. It's with mom. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Is okay, you go. You go, Sheila. You take it out there. It's always about. Always blame it on the woman. Always blame it on the woman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have we have holes in us, and and we're flawed. Yeah. 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 Oh well, thank you.